Life Audio. You're listening to Therapy and Theology, and I'm your host, Carly Merclear. This podcast is a space where we explore popular topics and questions related to the convergence of faith, feelings, spiritual formation, and more. My prayer is that through these conversations, we will grow in our awareness of who we are as beloved children of God, learn to acknowledge our needs and emotions with curiosity and compassion, and rediscover the purpose and power of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. As a licensed therapist and ministry leader, I want to give voice to the many questions we face while cultivating a clearer view of how our faith informs our healing journey. I don't have all the answers, but I am committed to going deeper and walking together. So whether you've been to therapy or know exactly what you believe when it comes to theology, I want to invite you to join this journey as we fearlessly name the complexities of our present reality and press into the hope of the gospel story. So are you ready? Let's jump into today's question and begin this journey together. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. But look around you, your family, your faith. They're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Hello, and welcome back to Therapy and Theology. I hope that you are having a great week, and I'm excited today to be jumping back into the conclusion of our series of Rhythms Over Resolutions. Over the past few weeks, we have been looking at rhythms set forth in Scripture within the concept of Sabbath, often thought of as a legalistic law or an Old Testament outdated practice. We have been redefining its importance purpose, and power in our daily lives. And today we are going to discuss the final of the four elements within Sabbath, which is contemplation. To contemplate is by definition, deep reflective thought or thoughtful attention. It contains observation or study or meditation. The synonym that I love for contemplation is beholding. This places a powerful sense of wonder on what is being placed in our attention. In the context of Sabbath, we are beholding God, contemplating on his goodness and meditating on his mercy. In Exodus 33, 15, it notes that this day of Sabbath was a holy day to the Lord. The central focus then of Sabbath is to remember and revel in the love of God. And as we behold him and who he is, we begin to see ourselves more clearly. 
as a reflection of him, valued, seen, and beloved. A.W. Tozer comments on this focus of contemplation, stating that for all the things our minds can think about God, it is his goodness that pleases him the most. And this element of Sabbath is the core of the spiritual life. It is a weekly reiteration of God's goodness and our belovedness. So my journey with rediscovering Sabbath started in about 2018, and I began reading several different books that discuss this concept of rest and rhythms of the spiritual life that I had not yet practiced, but found I was desperately in need of. I was often running on empty and found myself distracted, discouraged, and depleted in my service for God, lacking much needed time with God. And so the journey of Sabbath began, and year after year, I continued to learn two things. I am made for these rhythms, and I'm not great at keeping them. Pete Scazzaro says it very gently. He says, we practice poorly. And this is not to say that we don't prepare or try, but that we are not holding a measuring stick over our head, and we are learning to see our imperfection and lack of consistency as evidence for our need, which brings us back to the practice, not pushes us away from it. When we begin to place expectations on our spiritual practices, we set ourselves up for discouragement. And as a therapist, I sit with so many young women who have been told and taught that to keep God's love and acceptance, they must perform, prove their faithfulness, or dismiss their humanness. These distortions have in large and small ways led to the deconstruction of faith we see and experience today. So I say all this because I want to reiterate the importance of freedom and failure. We need a safe place to fall we need grace to give us a soft place to land and love and compassion to lead us back to safety and dependence on the spirit that is at work within us. Growing in our God-likeness, restoring our true selves is a work of sanctification and is not instantaneous. This is why scripture says to keep in step with the spirit and that we are to walk in the spirit and set our minds on the spirit. We have been separated from God's perfect likeness since the garden, yet through God's deep love for us, we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit through Christ. And this does not negate self or distort self, but I pray it will empower self to reconnect with the way we were designed. This is the foundation of the spiritual journey to reclaim our belovedness and live in light of it. And yet this world oftentimes tries to steal our sense of identity and our security in so many ways. And in light of our humanity and the self-reliance of our society, we follow after our mother and father's decision to attempt to be independent of our design. And with the choices to take the fruit now disguised as success or power or popularity, we continue to be plagued by an internal sense of self-rejection. You know, Henry Nowen in his book, Life of the Beloved, speaks of this position of belovedness intention of the battle to believe that we are loved and are also becoming beloved as we live within its truth. He says this, being the beloved is the origin and the fulfillment of the life of the spirit. From the moment we claim the truth of our belovedness, we are faced with the call to become who we are. And this is the foundation for every and any spiritual practice. It is simply to become who we are. These are the tracks in which get us to our destination and remind us of our identity as beloved children of God. 
So maybe for you, this concept of belovedness feels uncomfortable or even unfamiliar. I know for many, our experiences with being loved or understanding God as a loving God can be really complex and challenging based on our experiences, our upbringings, and our family systems. But I want to read a passage of scripture for you today that has changed my life and at a young age captured my attention and held my identity as beloved. And it comes from Isaiah 43, 1 through 4. These words of God have powerfully claimed my identity. And after three decades of life, I am still clinging to them ever so tightly when doubts arise and failure attempts to define my worth. This is what the word of the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as your ransom and Cush and Saba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my eyes, honored, and I love you. This passage is one that depicts God's goodness and our belovedness so powerfully. And it is one that I often anchor my soul in on Sabbath mornings, reminding myself of my security and my identity as chosen and preciously loved by God, who is not far off, but ever close. This passage helps me recount the ways I have experienced God throughout the week in the storms and ups and downs of life. You know, so often I've struggled in seasons with the idea that God allows us to go through the waves and step into the fires. Yet what I'm also acknowledging is that God's goodness is not dependent on my expectation. It is simply defined as his tenderness towards me. And this helps me see God in a different way. He is good. And we also can access his tenderness and love in the midst of our failures and unforeseen falls. Once I heard someone say, God's love is not weak. And this was such a powerful depiction of his love for me because his love does not negate the trial. It does not disappear in the presence of loss or seasons of lament, but it is strong enough to hold us and to hear us out with honest frustrations or honest fears. So friend, I don't know if you have been told this ever or lately, but in case you need a reminder, you are beloved. And so as we begin this year seeking to anchor ourselves in the rhythms of Sabbath, learning to stop and rest and delight, I pray we will contemplate this unshakable truth that we are loved and allow it to deeply change our lives. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. 
Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And oftentimes, I think we can get frustrated with how do we become beloved, right? We have this identity given to us, but to become beloved is a process of taking it and claiming it as our own. And I cannot say it better than Henry Nowen did. So I'm going to use his outline from his book, Life of the Beloved, which I highly recommend. He describes the movement of the spirit in the process of becoming beloved in four words, taken, blessed, broken, and given. These four words can be the framework that we can use to daily or weekly ground ourselves in our belovedness so that, as Henry puts it, our deepest truth can be that we are beloved and our greatest peace and joy can come from fully claiming that truth. So let's start with the first of these four, taken. A better word that Henry uses in the book is chosen. This brings me back to Isaiah 43, 1, where he says, I have created you. I have called you by name. You are mine. This is the basis and foundation of our belovedness that we are chosen by God and we can claim that chosenness. So how do we do this? How do we claim our chosenness? Three things that I think can be important. One, face the lies that you hear, the lie that you are unworthy, the lie that you are not chosen, the lie that you are rejected. And speak truth over the feelings that that lie brings, the feeling of shame, the feeling of guilt. What is true? Well, you are called by name. You are known personally by a God who loves you. Something that Henry Nouwen says here is that we are God's chosen ones, even when the world does not choose us. And so, yes, is rejection a real thing in our society, in our experiences, in our families, in our friendships? Absolutely. But that does not negate our chosenness as God's children. In addition to this chosenness, we can practice and embody the idea of blessedness. We are blessed. God speaks over us words of blessings throughout all of scripture. And last week, if you listened to the episode, we talked about the blessing of our neediness and we read through the Beatitudes. And in Isaiah 43, we also see this blessing where he says, you are precious in my eyes and I love you. So what does it look like to practice receiving blessing? I think we can do this through two ways. One, through prayer and not just prayers to God, but listening prayer. This idea of sitting in silence and drawing away from our fast paced lifestyles and listening for the blessing of God. This can feel unnatural and even maybe difficult. But if even if we took two to five minutes at the start to quiet our souls, and listen and contemplate the words of God. A nice way to do this, if you're new to this practice, is to listen to the scriptures on audio or to read out blessings of scripture over you. I use songs or scriptures 
to be able to remind myself of God's heart and his tenderness towards me and willingness to hold me. In addition to prayer and listening to God's words for us, I think another really important aspect of this is presence or the clinical term we use would be mindfulness, our attention to what is present. It is so easy to forget good things. Oftentimes I ask my clients in session, tell me what's good. You know, we talk a lot about what is hard in sessions, but there is times where it's important to be able to recognize what is good and how we can be grateful for it. Receiving kind words, gifts and goodness, whether it be the sunshine or a good cup of coffee, delighting and reveling that that indeed can be God's goodness towards us. In addition to this chosenness and blessedness that we can practice, another aspect of becoming beloved is befriending our brokenness. It's so funny because oftentimes when I tell clients in sessions about this concept of befriending the parts of us that we maybe don't like or we feel comfortable about or the really vulnerable parts of our stories that create such self-rejection in so many ways, it can be such a powerful movement to be able to hold space and befriend the wounded self. And so in this embodiment of the, the spirit, we don't push away the parts of us that are broken and bruised and maybe even the parts of us that we wish had never been there. But instead, we befriend it with the generosity and compassion that Christ has offered us. And in doing so, it makes way for healing and allows God to use and reuse and redefine how we see ourselves. In addition to befriending our pain and brokenness, I think it's also just as important, as Henry says, to bless it. And what I mean by this and how he describes it in the book is that we are to pull it away from the distortion that maybe we have created or our world has placed on it. Our sin can be such a sign of our weakness or our unlovableness or our unworthiness. But yet through scripture and through the gospel, we are told that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ and that even in our sufferings, God is working towards goodness. And so in that, we can pull away from the curse that has been placed on us and move into the light that we are blessed when we are in need, right? As we said last week. And then lastly, given is the final component of these four words. Henry Nouwen says it this way. He says that we are chosen and blessed and broken to be given. I think this is the ultimate definition of spiritual formation, to be come like Christ for the good of others and the glory of God. So the practice of giving is the idea of being able to sit and dream, to be able to contemplate the ways that God has uniquely gifted you to give to the world. This is how we were made. This is what we were created for. And so this is such a big aspect of our time on Sabbath to be reminded of our why and to pursue our lives on mission to give to others around us. And so as we close today's episode and this series, I want to just give you a few rhythm reminders because with all of this new content and being able to recognize we have a whole year ahead of us, sometimes it can feel overwhelming And so one of the things that I think can be really helpful 
is to hold on to these three rhythm reminders. One, remember to plan, prepare, and practice. When we are planning our rhythms, we're putting them in our calendars, we're writing them down, and then we're preparing for them. We're creating space and maybe saying yes or no to certain things in order to practice them well. But at the same time, remember, these things can shift and change, right? And so being mindful that we have freedom and flexibility to fail and try again and shift things around until the rhythm is right for you. And so as we close, I want to speak this prayer of Ephesians 3 over us as a reminder of our belovedness. And may we hold it this week and into this year. For this reason, I bow my knee before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Therapy and Theology. If you have a question or topic you would like discussed on a future episode, please feel free to email me or drop it in the comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe to have each week's episode instantly downloaded to your podcasts and see the show notes for resources mentioned in this episode. To access more content and join my monthly email list for the latest updates and info, visit my website at carlymarkwilliam.com. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.